Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with our Catholic audience today, and all of our audience, really, especially if you're not Catholic. We always welcome any new listeners so you can understand our faith and really share in our joy as Catholics. And that's one thing i got to remind our listeners about, and I hope that we can uh, uh, remind each other about, is that we do have a lot of joy in being Catholic. You know, sometimes it feels like it's hard to be Catholic. Sometimes it feels like there's too much of the weight of our of the world on our shoulders or too much that we have to contend with if we follow our faith because the world is going to try to keep us from following our faith. Our Lord told us that. Uh, we know that that's uh, going to be a situation and it's going to be true. And it's something that we need to look out for. <clears throat> I think it's especially hard to follow our faith when we are not feeling good, when we are feeling ill, when we are feeling sick. And especially if that's the case and we feel like we have no recourse, that gets really, really challenging. Today's show, I want to talk about healing. So I said, holy medicine, that's the title of our show today. And we're going to talk about what does that mean? What does that mean for our Catholic, for us as Catholics? And what resources do we have when we're not feeling so well, when we're feeling like we're falling short, whether it be spiritually or physically? Lately, there's just been a lot of illness out there. A lot of people not feeling like themselves. And that can be really, really, really hard. So let's start with the ultimate healing, the healing that Jesus taught us, the healing uh, that we know of in our lives, and that is with prayer. And here at the top of the noon hour, let's start with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And the word was made flesh <coughs> and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> all right. Well, today's show, what I really want to focus on is healing, and what does that mean, and what do we do about it as Catholics? What options do we have? What kind of holy medicine do we have? One of the interesting things that came up <clears throat> recently, I was at church and I was talking to our pastor, Father Stephen, great guy, uh, great spiritual guide, great guy to ask uh, questions uh, to 
uh, in terms of the faith. You know, he has a very thoughtful way about him. This is over at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church uh, here in Anaheim in Orange County. Um, you know, and whenever I have a question or something I'm thinking about, I go to him. He always gives me a good answer. One of the things we were talking about is, you know, recently a lot of people have been getting sick. They're worried about getting uh, viruses and colds, and especially since we are in winter and it is the cold season. And what do we do with that? Where do we turn to? We are going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about some of the saints that we can have recourse to, uh, especially if we feel like we are not doing well. Um, But we forget that God gave us the natural world as well as the spiritual world. And it's important to remember that God gave us things in nature um, that he wants us to use. You know, a lot of times people are afraid of taking medication. They go to the doctor, they come to see a psychiatrist or their regular doctor, and we do an an examination, an evaluation, we come up with a diagnosis, and all of a sudden we might recommend a particular pill, a particular medication. And a lot of patients say, ah, doc, I don't want to take a pill. I don't think, I don't think that that's right. You know, you go to your psychiatrist, especially, you know, it's already hard enough to take a medication for say something long-term like high blood pressure or high cholesterol. And people really don't want to take a daily medication that they're going to have to take for say years. Um, it's especially hard when somebody says, I think you have a mental illness. And as part of this mental illness, regardless of what it is, you need to take something like Prozac or Zoloft or Zyprexa or Risperidol or Depakote. These are big names. They sound heavy. The medication sounds like it's a bit much or too much. And I think the bottom line is sometimes we don't trust anymore. We don't trust that that medication is going to help us out. We don't trust that it's going to be the right thing for us. You know, and I was talking to a father about this. I was talking to our pastor about this and we were just discussing, you know, what's a different approach with medication? How can we help patients who are uh, not sure about what medication to take or about what the prescription is? And how do we approach that situation and let them know, no, you know, this is actually a good medication. I I can tell you, I, as a doctor, I would not recommend something if I didn't think it was going to help. Now, if you look up any of these medications, there's always a long list of side effects and it can get kind of scary. You look at those side effects and you say, doc, you tell me this is going to help me, but look at all these side effects that are listed here by the pharmaceutical company. Well, in practice, yes, you're going to see that list of side effects when you look things up. But in practice, what you got to realize is most people don't have all those side effects, if any of those side effects, depending on the medication. This is where you want to talk to your doctor and find out what does the doctor know about the medication? What's been the common result of taking the medication? Or are there common side effects that are pretty much guaranteed and the other ones are not? So that's the first part that's kind of scary. But as I was talking to father, he told me something. He said, you know what? When patients come to me and when people are seeing their doctors and they and they have to take medication and they tell me they're afraid to take medication, he said, you know what I do? And he says, when I get called into the hospital and I do rounds or things of that nature uh, and help out people who are in the hospital, whether whether it be that they're on their, you know, perhaps uh, on their deathbed or not on their deathbed, he's just doing the anointing of the sick. He said, I bless the medication. And I thought about that. I thought, wow. Of course, I hadn't really thought about blessing the medication in and of itself. I mean, we're so used to blessing our rosaries or blessing, you know, our homes. We do a home blessing for our homes. We do blessings for our cars. We do blessings for all different things. And it never dawned on me in all these years of practicing that medication can be blessed too. And so now I've been telling my patients, you know, I'm going to prescribe this to you. If you're concerned about it, why don't you take it to your priest, have him bless the medication as well. In a way I'm giving you a, shall we say a medical blessing or a medical okay 
then I think that this is the right medication for you after I've evaluated the risks, the benefits, the potential side effects, and what is the risk of not taking medication. If I'm prescribing a medication, I think the medication is better than nothing. Um, but Father had a good point. He said, I think it's good to bless the medication. And why is that? So I decided to look at... Um, I decided to look up what really does the church teach about blessings, right? So in this show, we want to think about Catholics. We're going to talk about our health, our physical health, our spiritual health, and our mental health. And we want to think like Catholics so that we can approach this, um, so we can practice it, and so we can be Catholics. Thinking like a Catholic, I thought, well, what is a blessing in and of itself? I mean, if we can bless medication, what is the blessing? We bless water and we call it holy water. If I bless the medication, well, if I ask a priest to bless the medication, does it become holy medication? Does it achieve a higher level of uh, a being, shall we say, of status? Is the medication now something that we can't throw away that, oh my gosh, it's blessed, and now I can't uh, eat the medication or take the medication? Quite the opposite. So when I started researching the blessing, and I thought, well, if we're going to bless something, what does that really mean? Uh, I came upon this article. I thought it was interesting because it came from the USCCB or the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and I'm putting the link there on the video. And it says this on blessings, and it's a sacramental. So blessings are a sacramental. If we think about it that way, you know, we know what sacramentals are. Sacramentals are the, the metal we wear around our neck, the crucifix, our scapular, the holy water, uh, the uh, uh, crucifix, you know, signs of faith is really what a sacramental is. It's something that's going to lead me to increase my faith in God. And this says blessings in and of themselves are a sacramental. So the blessing is there, a blessing is there to help us increase our faith in God or look towards God. And let's see, let's see what this article says. This is, again, coming from the U.S. Catholic bishops. It says blessings are sacramentals because they prepare us to receive the grace of the sacraments and help us to grow to be more like Christ. I thought that was profound. They take that from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, it's paragraph number 1670. Again, that's paragraph number 1670 from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Anybody who's following, you can look that up. Um, and it's interesting to note that. Now, let's, let's go to the next part before we analyze this and break this down a little bit more. It goes on to say, blessings consist of prayer, scripture, and sometimes a spe special ritual sign. And again, it refers us to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and that one refers us to paragraph 1668. Um, it's important to note these two because if I'm going to bless medication, is that appropriate? You know, a lot of people say, well, there's certain items we shouldn't bless. Is it okay to bless medications? I think it's a beautiful sign. I think it's beautiful to, bless, to have your medication be blessed because the blessing isn't said in the first part. It prepares us, this, this, this is going to prepare us to receive the grace of the sacraments and help us grow to be more like Christ. If I can do this with water or if I can have my rosary blessed, people say, well, sure, Father, uh, Dr. Sandoval, you know, holy water, of course, we use that, you know, to, to a lot of people actually think that we use holy water for baptism and we don't, we just use regular water. It's not even, it's not necessarily holy water. Holy water is what we bless ourselves with as we walk into the church. Or some people say Jordan water, uh, which is blessed in the Eastern church during the theophany. But if we're going to bless medication, why not have that blessed and help us be more prepared to receive the sacraments, to, to focus on Christ and to realize this medication is going to help me heal and feel better physically. But then after I feel better physically, what's the point in my life after that? I gotta keep focusing on Christ, sacraments, and church, and getting to heaven. More when we come back on the other side of the break.
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louise Sandoval Show here uh, in this Thursday afternoon. I hope everybody's having a great day. Just a reminder to all of our listeners here at the end of the month of January on January 29th and 30th, over at the St. Uh, Joseph Catholic Church in Pomona, California, we are having our Spiritual Warfare Conference. It's the 8th Annual Spiritual Warfare Conference, where our speakers will be Father Chad Ripiger, Jesse Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider, and Kyle Clement. So uh, we're going to be having a great uh, set of speakers, a great uh, lineup there. And I think it's going to be very, very important to uh, attend there because I think it's important to remember, as we're talking today about holy medicine and healing, that the ritual of exorcism, the ritual and the process of deliverance is only a sacramental. You know, a lot of people attribute a whole lot to it. And I know through Hollywood and stories that we hear and the shock and the awe of what can possibly seen through the preternatural, which is probably minimal. I mean, it's probably uh, nothing compared to what Christ can do, but we start to get really overwhelmed by things like that. And we think, oh my goodness, you know, the demons have a whole lot of power and they're going to have a whole lot of power over me and, and I'm going to feel helpless. And we got to remember that exorcism and deliverance is merely a sacramental. I think that's important to talk about. Uh, and again, if you're going to go to, the, before we get into the, the talk today, if we want to go into the conference, the conference is sold out for in-person, but I always prefer to get the audio tapes. I always like to go back and listen uh, to what was being said. Um, so you can still register. You can still register online at virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Um, and you will be set up for the virtual uh, component of the conference where you can get the audio uh, um, of the talks. And I think it's always nice to have the audio because then you can go back and listen to it. But as we're talking today about healing, it's important to remember what sacramentals are. So if we think about somebody who might be demonically influenced or somebody's afraid that they're possessed or that they're being oppressed or anything along those lines, we got to remember that when we're coming to somebody for that, when we're coming to a priest uh, to help with deliverance, or even if they are authorized to give the ritual of exorcism, it is only a sacramental, which if we're going by what the Catholic, uh, the, the catechism of the Catholic church says, and on this article from the conference of bishops, it's merely a blessing. You know, deliverance is merely a blessing. It's a blessing on the person that will hopefully remove any negative attachment. And again, what is the purpose of the sacramental? They prepare us to receive the grace of the sacraments and help us grow to be more like Christ. So if somebody has, um, a prayer of deliverance or an exorcism done, they say, Oh wow, I've been delivered. Okay. Well, that's only the first part because the whole purpose of this is to help us prepare for the sacrament. So really any priest who's in deliverance or anybody who's in a team member of deliverance, if all they do is talk about exorcisms and, and deliverance and how the person was liberated from, from any demonic influence, and that's where they stop. They're really stopping really, really short because that's only the first part. That's like saying, you know, I got you out of a ditch, but now you got to live life. So I got you out of the ditch and that's it. That's, that's all that's going to happen with your life. No, now we need purpose. Now we need an understanding of what am I supposed to do with that? And if somebody is liberated, well, then now it's time to go receive the sacraments. Otherwise, what's the point, right? In the same way, is it okay to bless my medications? Is it okay to bless my pills? Does that do anything for me? Is it going to help me heal faster? Well, first of all, as we know, without the element of faith, there's no spiritual healing. That's for sure. We see that in the gospels through and through. Anytime Jesus came to a town and there was no faith, 
He, he could not function. He could not work. So God has to work through our faith, but we have to ask for that. So it's a, a really a relationship there. It's a mutual desire for, Lord, please give me faith. And then God says, okay, I'm going to give you faith, but now have faith in me. I think that's the important part. I think it's wonderful to bless uh, our medication. I think it would be uh, great in terms of increasing our faith in God. So can we be healed in body? Absolutely. If we look at the gospel, say the gospel of John, uh, chapter nine, verse six, this is where Christ heals the blind man. But what does Christ do? He spits on the ground, he makes some mud, and he puts it on the man's eyes. Now, Jesus didn't have to do that. He could have healed him without doing that. We see that in other gospels where he healed a man with a, a crippled hand or he healed um, the, you know, the, the uh, centurion's um, servant and he healed them from far away. He didn't go and, and do any mixture of anything or anything along those lines. But then why in this gospel does he all of a sudden spit on the ground, make mud and heal the blind man by applying this mud to his eyes? Christ is showing us here that nature is actually good, that there is medicine that in creation, that creation helps to heal us. And God made creation for us in that way. In the same way, God helped us understand that through creation and the elements that we have around us, we can make different medications and that medications can be holy. And it might not be spittle with mud and, and on our eyes to, to see again, but it might be in the form of a pill that uh, somebody has studied and put together and might help us. So those are important things to consider. Um, it's hard when we don't have faith in what's going on. Yes, you're going to say, well, Dr. Sample, I want to find a good doctor though. I want to find a doctor who takes the time to get to know me and really explains to me why I'm taking this medication. That might help out. I got to say as physicians, sometimes we get so busy that we just say, here, take this and we leave it at that. So that can be really hard and that can be challenging. But ultimately we want to uh, uh, have a good relationship with our physician uh, so that we can understand where they're coming from, why they want to heal us uh, with the particular medication and take that medication to the priest. Why not have him bless it? Because the same way that we got to have faith in Christ for him to help us out. Uh, we got to have faith that this medication might do something for us. If you ever take a medication and it's not working, whether it was blessed or not, or if it may, it's making you sick and you have too many side effects, of course, I would recommend that you stop taking it. I don't want anybody to take something that just does not work for them. But I think we have to give it a chance. Listen to what Christ, what else Christ says about blessings here uh, as we see this article from the Catholic bishops. It says, people are accustomed to seeing bishops, priests, and deacons blessing objects or persons in the name of the church. Indeed, the more a blessing concerns ecclesiastical and sacramental life, the more its administration reserved to the ordinary ministry, uh, often with the participation of the local parish community gathered in prayer. Whenever an ordained minister is present, he should be called upon to give the blessing. So, of course, you should get the blessing from whoever you can. If it's a deacon, a priest, a bishop, whoever has uh, the highest or, uh, level of ordination, of course, is the most ideal. Um, for more than, more than likely, for most of our listeners, for myself, it would be our parish priest. It says, now, however, there are other blessings, like the ones contained in the Catholic household blessings and prayers, that can be prayed by anyone who has been baptized in virtue of the universal priesthood, a dignity they possess because of the baptism and confirmation. And that comes from the book of blessings number 18. Blessings given by lay persons are exercised because of their special office, such as parents on behalf of their children. So don't forget that if you're the parent and you're going to give your child medication, you can ask God to bless the medication, um, you know, the same way that we ask God to bless our children. 
So keep that in mind. And then this is a reference to Christ. And he says, right after telling his disciples to love your enemies, do good for those who hate you, Jesus instructs them, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, right? And that comes from Luke chapter six, verse 28. And St. Paul says, uh, it says St. Paul echoes the Lord's command when he exhorts the Romans to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, right? St. Peter urges each time we are on we are on the receiving end of evil, we should return a blessing because to this you were called that you might inherit a blessing. And let's not forget what a blessing is. A blessing is a sacramental. By blessing other people, what we're really saying is perhaps a prayer that I hope that you start preparing yourself more for the sacraments. When Christ says, love your enemies and pray for your enemies and bless those who curse you, uh, as St. Paul tells us and St. Peter also tells us, it really says, hope that they prepare themselves for the sacrament so that they become holier as well. Um, and then the article goes on to say, this is why the catechism of the Catholic church tells us that every baptized person is called to be a blessing and to bless. So we are called to be holy. We are called to be that sign for other people to receive the sacraments. The article finishes off by saying like the Lord into whom they have been baptized, parents should bless and pray for their children. Each one of us should remember the sick and those who suffer each time we gather around the family table. We should bless God and the food he has given us. On special occasions, we will observe the traditions of the season, sanctifying by prayer and blessing all the seasons of grace that God has given us. It is important to consider, um, do I bless my medication? And is it going to be holier uh, if I take it that way? I think it helps to increase our faith in God and it helps us participate with God in our own healing. And I think God wants us to be healed. Um, it re definitely uh, goes in that direction of us being holier and closer to God. Now, what does the Catholic Church say about this? What Do they say anything about pills in general? Actually, yes, there is a prayer of blessing for pills. There's a, I put the uh, link to this article also under the talk. There's a prayer of blessing for pills, tablets, and other medicine, it says. And it comes from the Roman ritual. This article says the Roman ritual presents the prayer below to ask God's blessing on medicine. Many doctors testify that the prayer said over it eliminates collateral effects and makes it more ef a more effective remedy. So what this is saying is that a lot of doctors have said um, that when they pray over, when the, this is prayed over the medication, it seems to not have the side effects um, and it makes the medication more effective. Let's read this prayer really quickly. It's a very, very short prayer. You could even take it to your priest with you. Again, I put the link uh, down here under the video. Um, and it just says, Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray. O oh, our God, you marvelously created man and more marvelously redeemed him. Please help with your numerous aids the human condition in the land of your children, who are always susceptible to diverse infirmities. Answer our prayers and bless these medications and medical instruments, if there are any medical instruments, so that everyone who uses them or is under their influence may enjoy the presence of your providence in body and soul. You, who through your son Jesus Christ healed so many infirmities and who reigns with him and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And at that point, the priest or the deacon is supposed to, or the bishop is supposed to sprinkle uh, the medication with holy water. Um, but it's interesting that it says this. So I like that last 
uh, sentence of this prayer, or actually a second to last sentence of this prayer, where it says, answer our prayers and bless these medications so that everyone who uses them is or is under their influence may enjoy the presence of your providence in body and soul. In other words, the presence of your providence be it your will, that if I take these medications, I might be healed, that these medications don't work. I leave this up to you, Lord. But obviously we have a hope and the spirit of healing. So we hope that by taking the medications, we will find healing. It's interesting to note that because this is coming from the Roman ritual. It is a prayer of blessing, particularly for pills, tablets, and other medication. So yeah, it is important to bless our medication. I think it will go a long way. I think it will help us in our healing process because it increases our faith in the process. I can tell you as a physician, I've had many occasions where I will prescribe or recommend a medication for patients. And I know that it's a good medication. I know it's going to work. I know it's probably going to have minimal to no side effects, but the patients are afraid to take it for various reasons. It could be because their family members told them that it was too strong or habit forming or gave them other information that might not be accurate. And you know, the patient might take it I guarantee you it might not work. If we're afraid, if we don't have faith in the treatment, for the most part, the medication just doesn't seem to work. I think blessing of the pills and tablets helps to increase that faith and helps us to get ready for healing. More on this when we come back from the break. All right, well, welcome back to Breaking Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show here. And as always, welcome to the clinic where we talk about our spiritual health, our physical health, and our mental health. Today we're talking about truly a combination of all three as Catholics. What do we do when we have physical ailments, when we're told by our physician that we need to uh, take medication, uh, actually I should say physical or mental uh, ailments, and all of a sudden our physician says, I think you need to take medication. Do we have faith in that? Where is our spiritual approach and where is our reason and logic? Obviously, if you feel that your physician is not uh, really paying attention to you or has your best interest at heart because they're either too busy, did not have time to listen, or you felt like, you know, they didn't really get you. Well, then, yeah, of course, you're, you're going to want to uh, question a few things or ask, you know, what is this medication? Why are you prescribing it for me? What does it mean? Uh, what can I expect from taking it? Um, but if you feel like you have a pretty good position, you have a good relationship and they're recommending a medication, you probably know that they have your best interest at heart. We're talking about the fact that in our Catholic faith, we usually do a lot of blessings and, you know, people bless different things, right? So blessing is a sacramental and those things that help us focus on our faith so that we are able to prepare ourselves to receive the sacraments, um, to get closer to Christ through the sacrament of reconciliation, through the sacrament of the Eucharist. And we carry sacramentals around all the time. I can have a crucifix around my neck, a scapular. We can have a rosary that's been blessed. These are sacramentals that we use. But obviously, just because they're blessed doesn't mean that they're going to do anything. A, a crucifix is still a crucifix. What does it? What does a crucifix mean? Unless I interpret it in my mind and in my heart as to this is going to lead me closer to Christ. In the same way, a rosary can be blessed, but it's not going to pray itself. I still have to look at the rosary and decide, you know what, this is a tool I can use and I can start to pray so that I get closer to God and so that I'm always in his grace, preparing myself to receive the sacraments of reconciliation and communion. 
In the same way, what does it mean if I bless my medication? If I ask a priest to bless a prescription medication or over-the-counter medication, you know, you could probably go down to your local uh, drugstore or store that has a pharmacy department and purchase over-the-counter medications. Should I get those blessed? Why not? What does this mean now as far as this medication or these pills or vitamins or whatever it is I had blessed? They're not going to heal themselves and they're not going to heal me unless I use them appropriately. Just like a rosary is not going to play itself and I'm not, pray itself and I'm not going to gain blessings or graces if I don't pray it myself. I have to be, I have to use it as an instrument. It's the same for the medication. If I, if it's there and I don't take it, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to be efficacious. It's not going to do much. Um, so it's important to remember, yes, there are, the, it is okay to bless your pills. The Catholic Church does actually have a, a prayer specifically for that from the Roman ritual. I prayed it just before the break, but for any of our listeners who might not have caught that, uh, let's pray it again one more time for the healing, not just of ourselves, but of our family members. And again, I'm putting a link to this in uh, right under the video that you can find. So let's pray that one more time. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. It's called the Prayer of Blessings for Pills, Tablets, and Other Medicines. And it starts off by saying, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray, O our God, you marvelously created man and more marvelously redeemed him. Please help with your numerous aids, the human condition in the land of your children who are always susceptible to diverse infirmities. Answer our prayers and bless these medicines, excuse me, and medical instruments so that everyone who uses them or is under their influence may enjoy the presence of your providence in body and soul. You who through your son, Jesus Christ healed with so many infirmities and who reigns with him and the Holy spirit forever and ever. Amen. And with the father and the son of the Holy spirit at the end of the prayer is when the priest or deacon um, is supposed to bless the medications uh, with holy water. So and again, that's coming from the ritual of the Catholic, the Roman ritual, the ritual of the Catholic Church. So yes, we're talking about medications, holy medicine, medicine that we can take physically. Uh, we use the example that Christ also used uh, mud with spittle as a sign of medication, if you will, almost like a, if you want to think of it as a cream or lotion that he put on the blind man's eyes, um, show us, showing us that it is, you know, nature helps us out. God made nature. God is in charge of creation. God is the owner of the world and the elements of the world are here to help us out. Much like he said, uh, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. When we pray, that's made to, uh, help us get closer to God. Now, Part of helping increase our faith is sometimes we say, well, I just want to pray. I have a lot of patients who say, you know, I don't want to take any medication or they come and they ask for a very specific medication. They say, I want a medication. It's going to take away my symptoms, but have no side effects and help me sleep. And I say, well, that would be wonderful. But sometimes they just don't make those medications. We don't have that particular uh, combination of pills or pills that can address the symptoms as requested. And so, and on the other hand, I have a lot of patients who really request to um, only have spiritual approach to healing because they feel that God's going to heal me and I don't need medications. I think we need to have a fine balance. So we already talked about pills and being able to bless them. But on the other hand, we also want to turn to our faith to remind us that we got to put faith in God and that we can experience spiritual healing that will lead to uh, physical healing. We see that in the Gospels all the time. When people wanted to be healed, the first thing God, Jesus would say to them was, your, your sins are forgiving you. And 
that was initially spiritual healing. Jesus is saying, look, let's, let's put things into priority. You need the spiritual healing before you need the physical healing. When that wasn't enough for people, and he said, don't you think that that's a bigger miracle in and of itself? Uh, sometimes people wanted to see a show. He said, just to show you that I can forgive your sins and that that is more important, I'm also going to heal you physically. But keep, consider that as a secondary action. So let's try to increase our faith in Christ as well and in God. And how do we do that? It's hard to do if we're experiencing physical ailments. It's hard to do if, uh, you know, St. Vincent de Paul would say, it's hard to tell somebody that God loves them when they're hungry. You might want to give them a piece of bread first and then explain to them what the, what the love of God is. Well, in the same way, if we're experiencing uh, physical ailments, illnesses, mental health illnesses, that can be really hard to deal with. And I think that it's important for us to address that spiritually as well. So on the one hand, I tell all my listeners, go ahead and get your medications blessed. Get that uh, um, under control and taken care of and increase our faith that way. But let's turn to our faith and see what are this, who are the saints out there who are, say, patron saints of healing that might help us out. Well, one of those is actually St. Anthony. And I know that a lot of people turn to St. Anthony for lost things. Well, maybe we've lost some of our health, but St. Anthony also happens to be the patron saint uh, of healing. And there is a sp- particular prayer uh, of St. Anthony for those on medication. I'm putting again the link uh, under the video. And it says, this is the way the prayer goes. It says, gracious God, you have given us many healing remedies that are a benefit to us when we are sick. Through the miraculous intercession of St. Anthony, we ask your blessing upon the medication prescribed for, then you mentioned the person's name, so that he or she may experience healing and be restored to full health in mind and body. Amen. And so that's important to consider because that's we don't always think about that. But again, this is a prayer to St. Anthony asking him to help us bless the medication, right? To make the medication more efficacious or to give us an idea of what um, medication might help. Something to consider as well, you know, the same way that Jesus healed the centurion servant from far away, we might ask if we are going to go get our medication blessed, we might ask the priest to please say a special blessing for whoever the physician is treating us. You know, how many of us out there actually pray for our doctors or our, our uh, therapist or whoever it is that's supposed to be healing us? How many of us actually take that step? Because we got to remember, we want them to be influenced in their hearts by Christ and be healed or, or to understand uh, and be inspired, I should say, to know what is going to be best for each patient individually. It's very easy after a while to say, oh, well, this medication is good for everybody or this treatment's good for everybody. But it's important to really take into consideration our patients individually, and that can be hard to do. So I think it's wonderful, and I always ask prayers from all of my patients uh, to please direct them towards the people who uh, are your healing providers so that they might be uh, influenced by God, that they might be inspired by God to give you the correct medication, the correct prescription. And it can even come in the form of the correct words in the middle of therapy, the correct thing to say so that it speaks to your heart and makes you think of healing. Let's look at a different article. It says five patron saints for healing. I'm also putting the link to this. Um, And it's what Catholic believes that the prayers and the saints are very powerful. Of course, the following five saints are well known for their help with healing. This is important to consider because we want to turn to the saints and we, we don't want to deify the saints. A lot of times people will feel like saints are more miraculous or less miraculous. And we got to remember that saints were people just like uh, you and I, uh, and all they did is they just focused on God and strove to get to heaven, which is what we're supposed to do. 
And ultimately, we're all supposed to be saints. We don't have much of a choice with that if we want to get to heaven. Uh, you know, if people say, oh, I don't know that I could be a saint, I say, I hope so, because that's the only way to get to heaven. Um, but it's important to remember that when we turn to the saints and we look for, for who is a patron of any kind of healing or illness, um, it's probably because they've gone through it. They've, they've, it's, it's like turning to a coworker who's already been through a certain, say a uh, course or, or something that we have to do some kind of an orientation. And we turn to the coworker and we say, Hey, you already did this. What was that like for you? Do you have any pointers for me? How can I improve? What do I need to know before I go there? Or like turning to somebody who, let's say that you're about to get your driver's license and your friend just took it last week and they passed and you said, Hey, you passed your driver's license test. What was it like? What did they ask you to do? So I can help prepare when it comes my turn to do it. Saints are the same way, you know, whether people just like us who've just kind of been through the process before us and who we turn to for inspiration and support. So let's look at these saints who have, um, who are associated with healing or illness that might help us out. So one of them is St. Dimphna. Now, if anybody hasn't heard of St. Dimphna, she is the patron saint of mental illness. So I have her near and dear to my heart as I I'm always praying for my patients and patients who are mentally ill for St. Divna to please inspire me to help treat the patients and to help them um, also have faith in the treatment and help improve. St. Divna was an Irish saint. Um, and unfortunately, um, she was uh, killed by her own dad when he became ill with grief after the death of his wife. And so obviously there was mental illness in the family. He is her dad, uh, her mom passed away and her dad obviously did not do well mentally and unfortunately uh, attacked her. Her feast day is May 15th and she is definitely someone who we can turn to and pray to when it comes to mental illness. When we come back for the break, we're going to look at a few more saints who can help us out with healing um, because it's important, especially if we're feeling ill, we're feeling sick, we don't know who to turn to, we're not sure if we want to take medication, we can start by praying and we're going to see more saints to pray to when we come back from the break. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. And today we are talking about what it means to heal in terms of holy healing. What is it that we're doing with our medication? What is it that we're doing with our faith? And what is our goal in terms of our healing? We were talking earlier in the show, if anybody was listening, um, or for all those listeners who, who are just joining us now, um, about can't we bless our medication? Can we request a priest or a deacon or a bishop or somebody to bless our medication? Will that be efficacious? Will that make the medication work better? Well, there is a prayer from the Roman ritual. um, And there was another prayer that I mentioned that was uh, for a prayer to St. Anthony, specifically to bless medication. Um, And physicians who have used these have said that, you know, the medication works better for their patients and they have fewer or no side effects. So I think it is important to... uh, to add the element of faith at all times, because we've got to remember that God is going to be working in our lives no matter what. And God can do anything. If it's through the medication that he wants us to heal, that's great. And if he wants us to have fewer side effects or make it an easier course of action, I think that we put our faith in God and that will work. There's nothing wrong with saying prayers. And I think that they can only help. Now, before the break, we were talking about certain saints who we can turn to uh, in the event that we are feeling 
uh, ill that we were feeling that we're not sure who to turn to. We talked about St. Dymphna, who is the patron saint of, of mental illness. And we were mentioning how, unfortunately, her mom passed away. Her dad became uh, really depressed and he became violent and he actually ended up uh, killing poor St. Dymphna. Um, and again, her feast day is celebrated on May 15th. There is an article I'm attaching to uh, the video so that you can look at all these different saints and there's little prayers attached to each of them. I'm not going to say each prayer, but you can go uh, to the video links and look at the different prayers that we can uh, pray to the saints uh, for help with healing. The next saint on this article is St. Peregrine. Now, interesting, the article says St. Peregrine was an Italian saint who had a cancerous leg. On the night before, a, on the night before, a surgeon was about to amputate it. Peregrine prayed fervently in front of a crucifix and was miraculously healed. His feast day is celebrated on May 4th. So St. Peregrine, who is a patron saint of cancer healing. Interesting to note what he did before his leg was supposed to be amputated. He prayed fervently in front of a crucifix. Again, this is how we use our sacramentals um, to ask God to work in our lives. The crucifix in and of itself, we can say, well, it's just a piece of wood or metal or something that has a, the body of a man on it. But if we don't understand that it represents Christ and that it's supposed to help increase my faith in Christ and the real Christ, um, then we're missing the point. St. Peregrine prayed in front of the crucifix because he had his faith in God um, and he was miraculously healed. Again, his feast day celebrated May 4th. What a great story that is on St. Peregrine. And there's a prayer there for St. Peregrine's intercession. So anybody with cancer might want to check that out. Uh, the next saint for healing is St. Maximilian Kolbe. Now, this is an important one. He is the patron saint for addictions. That's a really, really important one. In today's day and age, I see this so much and so many times uh, where young people, older people, they have all these different addictions. You know, we see addictions to drugs. We see, we always talk about addictions uh, to pornography, unfortunately. But more importantly, nowadays, how many people are addicted to technology? How many people are addicted to the internet? How many people are addicted to social media? How many people are addicted to needing to be in front of a screen and don't know what to do with themselves if they don't have their phone next to them or a computer next to them or a tablet or something that's going to lead them to, say, the World Wide Web or social media? You know, it's very, very hard. Try doing that challenge with any of your kids or any of your friends who are used to uh, being on something electronic, and you're going to see that they're going to go through the same withdrawals. Um, as anybody who might be withdrawing from, say, not consuming uh, drugs or anybody who's trying to not watch pornography, it's a big deal because it makes it, it's the same brain process of reward, if you will. It's the reward mechanism that leads us to have an addiction. Um, and through the world of electronics, we end up with these addictions if we continue to uh, consume um, the electronic world and, and all that information that's coming through. This article on St. Maximilian Colby, who is the patron saint of addiction, states, and many of, I'm sure all of our listeners know this, but let's go through it because it's interesting to note. St. Maximilian Colby is a modern-day saint. He was killed in Auschwitz during World War II after he volunteered to take the place of a prisoner who was sentenced to be locked in a bunker and starved to death. St. Maximilian bravely led the men in the bunker in prayer and songs and was still alive days later, he was finally given, given a lethal injection. His feast day is celebrated on August 14th. Now, 
Interesting to know, why would St. Maximilian Kolbe be the patron saint of addictions? He was in Auschwitz, he was in a concentration camp, and he was put in a bunker. But notice that he was locked in that bunker, and what was the goal of locking him in the bunker? They were supposed to be starved to death. Um, interesting and interesting to note that he lasted more than anybody else, and eventually they didn't starve him to death. They had to give him a lethal injection. But let's compare the starving to death to what's going to help me get rid of the addiction. Obviously, we say, well, Dr. Sandoval, this is very obvious, the starvation to death. He was, he had no access to food. It's to break the addiction. We have to have no access to whatever our addiction is. I would look at this a little bit differently. If we're starving to death. I would look at this as it's a form of fasting, if you will. You know, the church always talks about prayer and fasting. Jesus tells us some demons you can only get rid of through prayer and fasting. I wonder how much if we started to fast, even for a little bit, even for a moment, even for, you, you know, if it's just one snack, it doesn't even have to be a full day of fast. But if we say, you know what, I'm not going to eat that snack with my meal and I'm going to offer that as a fast. I wonder how much of that would help us heal our addictions, our drive to have that consumerism idea. And obviously praying to St. Maximilian Colby might help us move in that direction and remove any addictions from our lives, which would be wonderful. The next saint here is St. Lidwina. She is the patron saint for those suffering from chronic pain. Now, this is a big one, and chronic pain is very, very difficult to treat and very common. So I see a lot of patients who are experiencing pain in different ways. They're experiencing pain in their in their muscles, in their joints, uh, in the nervous system, uh, in their bones. It really depends on what part of the body the pain is coming from, but obviously chronic pain is very, very difficult to live with. And a lot of patients say, Dr. Sandoval, I don't know what to do anymore. And what happens to patients when they experience chronic pain? Unfortunately, they try medication after medication after medication or any kind of remedy that they, that they, that uh, says it's going to cause healing. And so anything that promises healing and well-being, anybody who's in chronic pain is willing to try it because they're saying, you don't understand what a heavy burden this is. I worry about these patients, especially in some of the communities I treat, because when people are in chronic pain, um, they turn to the spiritual. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, obviously praying a rosary or, or saying our uh, novenas, uh, saying the, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, uh, the St. Michael Chaplet, any of these uh, Catholic traditional prayers that we have, going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist, obviously. You don't get a much, we can't get a better prayer than that, period. But when we uh, look at this, a lot of people really fall into despair. Chronic pain can really lead people to despair and really feel like there's no other hope. So sadly, I see in a lot of the communities I treat, people will turn to witchcraft and people will turn to spells and they'll go to uh, the local healing places, uh, whether it be, you know, curanderos or psychics or anything along those lines. And they say, just give me something because I'm so desperate to feel better that I'm willing to try anything that promises healing. And that's where we fall uh, short. That's where we start to get uh, into dangerous territory if we're going to open doors to the occult, to the dark side, to something that's really not going to provide healing. Or sadly, it might actually provide a false healing. People might get healed for a little moment, for a little while, but then all of a sudden, and they feel better, and then they keep going to get these uh, uh, treatments, whether they be oils or potions or whatnot, but that healing is not very long-lasting. All of a sudden, they're going to start to feel really down. Things are going to start going bad in their life, and that can be really hard and challenging. So again, for chronic pain, St. Lidwina, let's read a little bit about St. Lidwina. St. Lidwina is a Dutch saint who was injured in a fall while ice skating. As a result of her injuries, she was bedridden for the rest of her life 
and endured excruciating pain. Yet she quietly accepted the suffering and prayed constantly during her many years of agony. Her feast day is celebrated April 14th. So let's just say that St. Lidwina obviously knew a little bit about chronic pain or a whole lot of chronic pain. You know, she, after her injury, she was bedridden the rest of her life in pain. So when we feel that we're in that chronic pain, I think one of the biggest challenges is that it can be a very, very lonely place. And why? Because the pain is only ours and only we can experience it and nobody else can experience my pain. But if I can think about saints like this or see that other people are also experiencing pain, it might not be equal to mine. I'm not going to try to compare it to mine. But at the same time, I realize I'm not alone in pain. Other people are in pain as well, different from mine perhaps, but they are also experiencing pain. St. Lidwina might be a good person to pray to, not just to heal our pain, but to heal the pain of other people. So if we see somebody suffering, that's a good way to go. Another saint that they have here is St. Jude. And St. Jude, as we know, is the patron saint of hopeless causes. Sometimes when we have that much illness, if we are in chronic pain, chronic illness, chronic depressions, chronic spiritual uh, dryness, we start to feel like there's no hope. And that is probably the most dangerous place to be in terms of mental health. If we feel like there's no hope and we feel like there's nothing that's going to make us better, why even try? Why turn to God? Why do anything? Because it's a hopeless cause. There's nothing that's going to get us to improve. But this is where hopefully St. Jude can help us open our eyes of faith and change our thought process because we don't want to be in that lonely place. Let's see what it says about St. Jude here. St. Jude, also known as Thaddeus, uh, so sometimes people will call him St. Jude, Jude Thaddeus, was one of the 12 apostles chosen by Jesus and was actually one of Jesus' relatives. Not much is known about the life of the saint, but his intercession for hopeless causes is very powerful. His feast day is celebrated October 28th. And again, there is a prayer uh, that goes there for the intercession of St. Jude. So those are our saints. Those are the saints that I reviewed here in this article. I thought it was a pretty good list. Um, but there was one more saint that I thought was very important uh, in terms of healing. And that was St. Raphael, you know, a little different now. St. Raphael is an archangel, right? And it's one of the three archangels that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, and Saint, he appears in the book of Tobit. And what happened with St. Raphael? Well, first of all, it's important to note that his name Raphael means God heals. Um, so obviously right there, um, it's important to realize that he's a good, uh, good saint. That's his whole purpose is for healing. But let's look at what he did. And let's look at what happened in the book of Tobit so that we can understand a little bit more about why St. Raphael might be considered a saint of healing. It says, disguised as a human in the book of Tobit, Raphael refers to himself as Azarias, the son of the great Ananias, and travels alongside Tobit's son, Tobiah. Once Raphael returns from his journey with Tobiah, he declares to Tobit that he was sent by God to heal his blindness and deliver Sarah, Tobit's future wife, from the de demon Asmodeus. Sarah was always, it, was, it happened that every time she got married, her husbands would die due to this demonic influence. St. Raphael came by, he healed this, he told Tobit about what to do on his wedding night, and he got rid of that evil spirit. So anybody who's worried that their, um, he, that their illness or that their chronic pain might be influenced by something a little bit more spiritual, St. Raphael is a great saint to pray to as he showed Tobit how to remove any of the darkness from his life as he was about to marry Sarah. So it's important to note here that our healing comes in different ways. It comes from our faith and our prayers. But don't forget, healing from meditation is how God shows us that nature is good. And if you have any doubts or questions, make sure you get your medications blessed. You might see a big difference in your health and healing. Until next time, this is Dr. Sanders.